Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. There's a reason for that. They do great work, and you can give them a call just by visiting the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. We'll find out what's new with Boo, Boo Mortensen, right here on the Paradise Coast. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. And Linda Harden, author of Greetings from Paradise, and my wife, will join us as well. It is December the 21st, and on this day in 1988, Pan Am Flight 103 from London to New York exploded in midair over Lockerbie, Scotland, killing 243 passengers and 16 crew members aboard as well as 11 Lockerbie residents on the ground. A bomb hidden inside an audio cassette player detonated in the cargo area when the plane was at an altitude of 31,000 feet. The disaster, which became the subject of Britain's largest criminal investigation, was believed to be an attack against the United States. 183 of the victims were American. Islamic terrorists were accused of planting the bomb on the plane while it was in the airport in Frankfurt. Authorities suspected the attack was in retaliation for either a 1986 U.S. airstrike against Libya, in which uh, the leader, Muammar Gaddafi's younger daughter, was killed along with dozens of other people, or a 1988 incident in which the U.S. mistakenly shot down an Iran Air commercial flight over the Persian Gulf. Uh, Sixteen days before the explosion over Lockerbie, the U.S. Embassy in Helsinki, Finland, received a call warning a bomb would be placed on a Pan Am flight out of Frankfurt. There's controversy of how seriously the U.S. took the threat, whether the travelers should have been alerted, but officials later said the connection between the call and the bomb was coincidental. Doubtful, huh? In 1991, following a joint investigation by the British authorities and the FBI, two Libyan intelligence agents were indicted for murder. However, Libya refused to hand over the suspects to the U.S. And finally, in 1989, in an effort to ease United Nations sanctions against his country, Gaddafi agreed to turn over the two men to his Scotland for trial in the Netherlands using Scottish law and prosecutors. In early 2001, Al Megri was convicted and sentenced to life in prison, and the other guy acquitted Over the U.S. government's objections, Almagri was fleed and returned to Libya in August 2009 after doctors determined he had only months to live in December 2020. Reports surfaced that the U.S. Justice Department would unseal criminal charges against another suspect. In 2003, Libya accepted responsibility for the bombing but didn't express remorse. The U.N. and the U.S. lifted sanctions against Libya, and Libya agreed to pay each victim's family approximately $8 million in restitution. Pan Am Airlines went bankrupt three years later after the bombing, sued Libya, and later received $30 million settlement, which I guess went to the bondholders and other uh, people who had a stake in the, the failed airline. <clears throat> that all happened. Seems to be a tempest in a, peapot, a teapot right now, but a pretty serious issue back in 1993. 
Well, COVID-19 cases surged in New York City across the United States over the weekend, dashing hopes for a more normal holiday season, resurrecting restrictions and stretching the country's testing infrastructure ahead of holidays, travel and gatherings. The far-spreading Omicron variant of the virus has become dominant in the United States with lightning speed and claims the life of a Monday of an unvaccinated man in Texas who apparently had some real comorbidities. Nevertheless, first death in the United States, Dallas, or in the Houston area. The spike in COVID-19 cases is alarming. Public health officials who have fear an explosion of infections after the Christmas and New Year's holidays. Omicron care variant now accounts for 73% of U.S. coronavirus infections based on sequencing data from the week uh, ended on Saturday. With the new variant in circulation, COVID-19 cases are now doubling in one and one half to three days in areas where community transmission, the World Health Organization said on Saturday. Alliance for uh, COVID-19 tests wrapped around the block in New York, Washington, and other cities across the nation over the weekend. With rapid rise in infections, Washington Mayor Muriel Bowser on Monday reinstated an indoor mask mandate until the end of January and required government workers to get vaccinated, including a booster shot. In New York City, COVID-19 cases rose 60% in the week that ended on Sunday as Omicron spread rapidly around the U.S. Northeast. New York has set records for the most new cases reported in a single day since the pandemic started for three consecutive days. And, of course, these are the most locked-down areas in the nation. Can you, can you explain that with the cause and effect of all this? Unbelievable. Many Broadway productions canceled performances. as cast and crew have been, become infected. Breakthrough infections are now rising at the uh, 61% of the country's full, fully vaccinated population, including the 30% who've gotten booster shots. Omicron appears to be causing milder symptoms in vaccin- vaccinated populations, and health experts remain optimistic. This wave might not cause the same spikes in hospitalizations and deaths as previous surges have. A man in his 50s from the eastern part of Harris County, Texas, who was not vaccinated, died on Monday from an uninfected cause by Omicron variant. President Joe Biden will deliver a speech today on how to deal with Omicron. Oh, he'll know for sure. Uh, The president tested negative for COVID-19 after a mid-level White House staff member who had spent about 30 minutes near Biden on Friday tested positive. Omicron's uh, arrival is a headwind for an economic revival in New York that already lags the rest of the country, especially where employment is concerned. The pandemic delivered an uh, even larger body blow to the city than the rest of the country because of the outsized role played by tourism, leisure, and hospitality, which suffered the worst under lockdowns and travel restrictions. New York's jobless rate topped out at 20% in the spring of 2020, more than five percentage points above the U.S. average, and is still at 9%, more than twice the national average, and more, certainly more, than twice the average here in free state of Florida. On December the 14th, 2021, Nature magazine released a study based on broad population data uh, set analyzed by researchers at Oxford University, pretty credible source. The researchers examined the risks of myocarditis and other heart arrhythmias and other heart uh, ailments. The Oxford researchers revealed that that 1 in 100 or 1% of all vaccinated individuals were admitted to the hospital or died with arrhythmia or irregular heartbeat. That's shocking. 
of the 38 million vaccinated individuals included in our study, 385,000 or 1% were admitted to the hospital or died from cardiac arrhythmia at any time in the study period. Of those who were admitted or died, 39,837 have had a SARS-CoV-2 positive test, with 29,000 having a positive test before vaccination. There were 7,795 deaths with cardiac arrhythmia recorded as the cause of death. So 1 in 100 of the vaccinated individuals are going to the hospital with irregular heartbeat, and this isn't international headlines? I mean, this is a shocking, shocking number seems to me if you have a mild disease, which apparently the Omicron disease is, only one death. Here we're killing one in a hundred for those who get vaccinated with uh, these heart problems. And by the way, Pfizer's capitalizing on this. It's, buy, it's about to buy Arena Pharmaceuticals for $6.7 billion. It's a, a company focused on part of its cardiovascular and inflammatory medicines to a global patent cohort. A majority of mainstream news outlets have focused their reporting on Arena's bowel disease move, uh, treatment while failing to mention the firm's cardiovascular research. On the core issues related to COVID-19 is a predisposition to pulmonary arterial hypertension. COVID-19 vaccinations have also heavily linked to cardiovascular issues such as myocarditis, especially in young men. Though a majority of the mainstream news media reportage is focused on its uh, M RNA vaccine for COVID-19 and links to myocarditis. Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine is also being linked to heart conditions. So Pfizer, not this is pretty clever. You know, if we're going to create some heart problems with people, giving them the uh, jab, why not give them the solution by selling them some <laughs> some uh, pharmaceuticals to take care of their heart conditions? I hate to be cynical, but this is the way it looks to me. Unbelievable. Again, uh, right now, the evidence uh, in demonstrates that this is not a serious problem. This is uh, creating symptoms similar to the common cold, and uh, we're way overreacting to this. And uh, President Joe Biden, of course, today is going to tell us what we need to do in order to protect ourselves during this winter of death, as I think he phrased it. Senator Joe Manchin fired back at the White House on Monday, a day after President Joe Biden's press secretary slammed the moderate Democrat for saying he would not back the Build Back Better legislation. He told the West Virginia media outlet that Democrats erred in thinking they could pressure him into backing Biden's roughly $2 trillion social spending climate. Well, guess what? I'm from West Virginia. I'm not from where they, they're from, and they can just beat the living crap out of people and think they could be, beat them into submission, period. The White House then went on attack, claiming that Manchin betrayed his commitments to support the bill. Well, I would hope that there are still Democrats who would feel like I do. I'm fiscally responsible and socially compassionate, he said. If there's no Democrats like that, then they'll have to push me where they want me, maybe to the Republican Party. I think all indications are, though, that he'll probably become an independent. Now, Peter Schweitzer, president of the Government Accountability Institute, praised Senator Joe Manchin as a profile in courage who rejected offers for self-enrichment. Schweitzer reflected on the research of political corruption in Washington, D.C., while examining Manchin's recent refusal to join the Democrats in passing the $4.91 trillion spending proposal in Build Back Better. Manchin rebuffed attempts to be purchased or rented by political supporters of the Build Back Better bill. 
Schweitzer, who's uh, documented corrupt monetization of political influence in a series of books, including Profiles in Corruption. Great book, by the way, if you haven't read it. There's a time-honored tradition of buying off politicians, Schweitzer concluded. This is no doubt the sort of thing that was thrown at Joe Manchin uh, that was offered to him and that his, was offered to West Virginia and that was offered to his family. <clears throat> of course, his, his wife, Manchin's wife, was offered a cushy $163,000 a year salary position over this uh, that was included in the Build Back Better legislation. In subsequent iterations of this Build Back Better legislation, the Appalachian Regional Commissioner would have received upward of $300 million to, uh, for the state of West Virginia. So some people have pointed out that, hey, Joe, Biden appoints Joe Manchin's wife. Everybody knows Joe Manchin is going to be the key vote in this. Well, Joe Manchin turned it all down as was recognized by Schweitzer as a profile in courage, not a profile in corruption. That's pretty cool, Joe Manchin. Not many people like you in Washington, D.C., but it's not just uh, irritating people in bathroom stalls. It's making outright graft gifts cronyism in order to buy votes. That's what happens in Washington, D.C. Joe Manchin, thanks for standing up for what's right. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. Coming up, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambos says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Golden Gate Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected into the community and with each other. The Golden Gate Senior Center provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Tatiana Fortune, director of the Golden Gate Senior Center. We want to be able to connect you to whatever service or activity. And even if the person doesn't want to come out for socialization, if they have a question about, um, hey, where do I go for transportation? Where do I go for uh, a certain health care? If they have a need, we are able to point them in that direction through our information and referral service. So we're more than happy to assist in that as well. 
To find out more, visit CollierSeniorResources.org. That's CollierSeniorResources.org. Or call the Senior Center directly at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social, a new refreshing social networking platform. You can find out more and download the app from the choicesocial.us website. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Boo Mortensen. Right now we have with us Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Kathleen. Nice to have you on the show. I know you've just uh, had a little bit of an operation, so appreciate. It. How are you feeling? I, you know, I feel better. I, to everybody who is out there with hip problems, knee problems, that keeps putting it off, don't. Yeah, so that's what I did. I put off my hip for three years too long, and uh, the re, you know the surgery is a breeze. But yeah. recuperation and recovery is just not not easy when you wait too long and so I had it done last Tuesday and I'm still not very mobile um, which is unfortunate during the holidays because I had the whole family coming in and I'm like giving orders and <laughs> people deliver things, pick things up, do things. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we just uh, heard the uh, Collier Senior Resources commercial, and I can't, you know, a lot of people are looking forward to having family and celebrating Christmas. It's a very happy time. But for some folks, it can be a pretty lonely time, especially as we age. We start to lose some of our friends. We start to lose contact. Great resource, the uh, Golden Gate uh, uh, Senior Center in uh, in. Uh, Golden Gate, uh, and I know you had a large part in uh, helping that happen. Yeah, and uh, you know, I've been such a big supporter of um, the organization for many, many years, and you know, when we first started the process, it was, where would be the most um, useful place to put uh, a senior center? And of course, Golden Gate came to mind. There, you know, there's uh, it's on the bus route, there are a lot of seniors who live in Golden Gate that could actually walk there um, or take the bus. And it's such a great meeting place. And, I, you know, when you go there, you can sense the, the family uh, uh, connection. And, and, and the people who are there, the older folks who go there, they don't have families and that, are, that are here in Naples. And, and so they're substitute families. And I, I, I couldn't be more proud of what they're doing for a senior citizen. Yeah, you know, I, I had contact at one of my clients when I was in the financial services business. Uh, was uh, She just mentioned that she doesn't have any contact. She was lonely and she needed help. But just <clears throat> at the time, I wasn't even aware of the uh, Collier Resource Center, the Golden Gate Senior Center. And I uh, wish I were because if I would, I would have referred her to it. But, you know, uh, people need human contact. They need to be involved, and uh, this is a great resource. So, okay. The things they do, too, they do a lot of activities. So, that, you know, as we get older, as you and I talked off air, you know, you kind of atrophy a little bit. But they keep them, uh, you know, busy. They, they have, uh, they play cards. They have uh, classes. They do all kinds of cool stuff. They have exercise. 
Um, these are a, a really important things for our seniors to participate in. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I realize that most of our listeners probably have that human contact and have the joy of having family members together and so forth. But you probably, all of us have a contact with somebody who doesn't have that situation, and this is a great place to refer them, quite frankly. So. Exactly. Exactly. So, Kathleen, here we are. We're kind of going into the slow part of the year when it comes to legislation and politics. Uh, but we do have this Omicron uh, variant that's coming to town, and we're seeing a lot of knee-jerk reactions around the country. New York City closed down, plays closed down, Washington, D.C., masked up. I mean, uh, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, it's, it's really tragic. Um, I, I happened to go to New York a couple of weeks ago, and, that, and it was the weekend before they instituted, instituted the mask mandate. And it was wonderful to be in the city because it was open uh, on, on one hand. But on the other hand, people were very skittish. And, and I think a lot of that is because of the pressure that's being put by the, uh, you know, the mayor and the, and the governor of New York. And, you know, if you're not wearing a mask, people are looking at you with their two heads. It's, it's very uncomfortable. Um, here in Florida, I, I think you're doing the right thing. Um, and the good, the good part is people are not being forced to get uh, vaccines, but they're doing it because they're not being forced to. And, yeah. and, so, and so, you know, Florida's doing the right thing. I think the governor's doing the right thing. Um, I don't think that the uh, – and in Collier County, I think our numbers are really high for uh, vaccine, vaccinations. The only issue, of course, is the people who are flying in for the holidays. We'll see how that turns out. Yeah, and snowbirds coming down and so forth. But irrespective, I mean, I personally believe if uh, you have a problem with uh, comorbidity, you should certainly isolate yourself more, take more precautions. Right. I just don't, I think the governor's making a great decision to keep our economy going, keep it open, and let people make decisions. Exactly. Uh, you know, again, uh, individual choice, this is what the country's based on. It's about our constitutional right. values. And we should continue to celebrate them, even at a time of what was considered a pandemic. That's right. And, and again, we still don't know. So I have not gotten statistic yet on numbers of hospitalizations. I don't. I, from what I'm reading, the uh, the um, symptoms are not as severe as they were with Delta and the original COVID. Right. So I, I don't know. I think. I think there may be, as you said earlier, knee-jerk reactions. We don't know uh, what this uh, variant is actually doing. All right. Kathleen Pasadomo, again, our state senator. Well, I just wish you the very best for a holiday and Christmas season. I hope your hip heals up nicely and uh, <laughs> getting back to work. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thank you so much. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Boo Mortensen. We'll find out what's new with Boo, that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Lyndon and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Golf Shore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000-square-foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you part by Golf Shore Playhouse, not only building a wonderful performing arts center in downtown Naples, but also bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. You can get tickets now for great productions. Just visit the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seat Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo. Boo Mortensen right here on the Paradise Coast. Boo, thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's my pleasure. And, you know, the holidays are upon us. Boy, are they on top of us. And there's always some interesting controversies surrounding Christmas. So I'm going to throw a few of them out to you and you tell me your, your take on it. Do you get a real tree or a fake tree? Well, we have a, a real fake tree. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a beautiful fake tree, but it's a fake tree. It's not a real tree. Okay, well, the controversy is you go into the environment, chop it out, chop it down, uh, or even go to a tree farm or they sell them in the parking lots, or do you get a fake tree from China, which is where all the fake trees come from. Is that where they come from? Well, I'll tell you what, we've had this beautiful fake tree now, I'm guessing for 20 years or more, and we stick it up okay. every year, and it's just uh, really... Uh, really nice. So uh, we haven't grown tired of it. Of course, it's only up. All right, about you're saying fake. Yeah. Well, and you haven't cut down 20 trees in the, in the ensuing years. So maybe that's environmentally correct. Oh my goodness! How about you? Do you which which do you get? Uh, I you know what I do a fake tree too. You know, for years when my kids were growing up, we had real trees, and it makes the house smell like piney. Yeah. You know, that great Christmas smell. 
for about a week, and then the rest of the time you spend picking up dead needles. So <laughs> yeah, it seems I like say, a fire a fire hazard too after a while. So yeah. yeah, they are okay. Next one: Do you say Happy Holidays or do you say Merry Christmas? Well, that's a good one. I I say Merry Christmas um, because uh, that's uh, what I say. But uh, I mean, it's uh, politically correct, I would guess, to say Happy Holidays. But have you noticed that, uh, for example, when you're listening to music in stores and so forth, some of it is, quote, unquote, politically correct. In other words, they're not Christmas carols. They're songs about Christmas, which is, I think, a little bit of a difference. Oh, for goodness sakes. Well, in that same vein, when when you write something, do you write out Christmas or do you write X-M-A-S? So I write Christmas. I spell it out, uh, although this is beginning to sound like a Roshark tester. <laughs> you can tell me I'm crazy after all these questions. No, but I, I think it's interesting that it, you know, it's starting to annoy people. Like there was a song, Now We Down Our Gay Apparel, fa la la. You know that song? Yeah. Well, they got whoever made up that song, Hallmark or whoever did it, got blasted for using the word gay yeah yeah uh, don't you think people are just a little too testy about stuff right now well i think uh, there's a certain group of people that are looking for opportunities to uh to uh, stick their elbow on people's sides with regard to their beliefs and traditions they're looking to to uh tear down to either, yeah they're marxists they want to change society they want to build back better <laughs> so to speak so yeah, how's that working for you? Yeah, it's not working so well. Poor Joe Manchin. I mean, uh, he is under fire from the Democrats. Uh, you know, uh, Schweitzer, Peter, I'm changing topics slightly, but Peter Schweitzer wrote uh, uh, profiles in corruption about the various mm. people running for president. And uh, it's a great read. But he said that uh, he really respected uh, Joe Manchin because he stood up to a lot of uh, humiliation and attacks by Democrats, but also he rejected what he considered what he thinks would have been a lot of money uh, and a lot of cronyism and a lot of favors for the state of West Virginia just to get his vote. So uh, kudos wow. to Joe Manchin. I I totally agree. I hope he remains strong yep. in his convictions and. And isn't that terrible how they're calling him out and calling him names? And I saw something with that idiot AOC the other day, and I thought, you don't even sound like you're an American. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Well, you know, I don't think they support America, quite frankly. And uh, Joe Manchin's having trouble figuring out where he fits in in the Democrat Party. Uh, Maybe become an independent or even a Republican. I doubt Republican, but he might uh, decide— go independent i think so all right along those lanes lines where we're talking about um religion and christmas do you believe that the you know like the uh, nativity scenes should be displayed in public venues for example like in front of the mayors or in front of the uh, state house or the um right yeah uh well, that's a, that's an interesting question. I mean, I certainly there's people who are not Christians who uh, don't buy into uh, or have those particular beliefs. They could even actually be Muslim or Jewish or whatever. So, I suppose they probably shouldn't be in public spaces, but certainly they should be celebrated in uh, private places like your front yard or your windows or so forth. Right. So in Indiana, um, 
in front of the courthouse, they used to have a big uh, nativity scene. And then they said, nope, you can't do it. It's, you know, anti-religious or whatever. So you know what a guy did? He places a huge nativity scene in the back of his pickup truck, and he parks the truck (laughs) in front of the courthouse. See, now that that is acceptable because it's his private property. (laughs) It's great. right. It's legal. Exactly. So this is what they do in Madison, because Madison is so crazy and so liberal. In the state capitol, they have everything. They have the nativity scene. They have the Christmas tree. They have the menorahs. They have the festive pole, whatever that is. They have winter solace. Everything has, they've got it all there. So nobody can feel left out. Well, how inclusive. How isn't that just special? <laughs> doesn't that just bring a smile to your face? <laughs> you know, the Festivus is that that's the poll that in uh, Seinfeld. It just made me laugh so much where everybody expresses their grievances <laughs> on, on Festivus morning. Just such a funny, funny thing. Hey, I, I got to tell you something. I know I'm interrupting again, but I found this. Nope, not at all. I found this on a website. It says, wife indicted for murder of husband after night of karaoke turns deadly. (laughs) I I, I just can't, you know, I fabricate the story. There's not a lot of meat in the story. I read the story, but, uh, you know, why why did he possibly do that? Evoked that kind of response from his wife. Did he sing sing off key? Did he insist on taking the lead? I mean... She just let him have it. Yeah, she was pretty upset about the entire proceeding. I just, I guess that's kind of indicates the depth to which human nature can stoop at some occasions. But uh, over karaoke, are you kidding? Oh my God, she could have thrown a wine glass at him or something. But shoot him? Yeah, she killed him. Oh my God. So well, that, there you go. Everybody is a little on edge. So that's exactly right, Boo. And I think this whole uh, coronavirus thing has created an, edgy, an edgy society for all of us. So, are you ready for the holidays? Are you ready for Christmas? Gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. Uh, yeah, I'm going over to Fort Lauderdale tomorrow to go on the uh, Starlight train or the Starbright train, Bright Star. And uh, to do the Polar Express, and then yeah, we've got. If you're not ready now, you got an issue. Yeah, that's true. Now, what in the heck is the Bright Star? What is that? I've never even heard about it. Oh my heavens, Bob! It's the most magnificent train. It's now owned by Richard Branson. He bought the whole thing, and it is a fabulous train that goes commercial train that goes from Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Palm Beach. And they are now under construction to go all the way up to Orlando. So a lot of people use it uh, to commute because, you know, the traffic is so crazy. Uh It has Wi-Fi. It's clean. And every Christmas, they um, decorate the interior of the train to replicate the movie The Polar Express. And they have people singing, handing out hot chocolate, singing the songs that are in the movie. Oh, it's just fabulous. Everyone gets dressed up in Christmas stuff. It's very cool. So, and what is it called again? Uh, the Bright Star. The Bright Star, and it's a it's a train, train. and and it yeah. operates out of Miami or or. 
it goes from Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and there are big stations in each area, in each town. And like, say, for instance, if I'm babysitting the kids, that I just throw them on the Bright Star and we go up to Palm Beach for the day and walk around. Yeah, that sounds so very. Back. Yeah, that sounds very cool, Boo. So, well, listen, I just wish you the very merriest of Christmases, you and your family. I hope you great have a great time in Fort Lauderdale and on the Bright Star Express. Thank you so much. Oh, for we will. We'll have a wonderful time and Merry Christmas to you and to all of our listeners. Thank you so much, Boo. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. School Choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America and is now supported by three out of four voters. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior schools of choice. Optima's goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College, classical academies, and other schools of excellence serving kindergarten through 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. A terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy opened this fall in a classical virtual school. Optima Classical Academy will open in 2022. Find out more by visiting OptimaEd.org. Help children in Florida optimize their education opportunities. Visit www.OptimaEd.org. Bob Harden. Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. Right now we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and it's not happening. Well, you know what? I want to acknowledge you because I think you're doing a great job of continuing to point out the problems we have with too much government. So uh, even well, though I feel you. like we're not we're not moving the needle much during the Biden days, I think the work that you do is very important. Well, I appreciate that. It's it's I 
was discussing this with a friend yesterday. It's very frustrating that it's 2021 and not 1921. Yep. And we're discussing collectivism as if we didn't have a century of evidence behind us to show that it doesn't work again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a little, it's a, I get frustrated sometimes, I must admit. Well, I can certainly understand that, but the opportunity for us is immense. So keep up the good work. <laughs> So, Seton, you wrote this column, which I found just really fascinating and so interesting. There's still some havens where things are going well. We need Biden's patent office to not act like it's Biden's patent office. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, this is, you know, in August 4th, 2020, I wrote a piece called Build Back Never. Biden's, you know, in the subtitle, the amalgamated title is Biden's agenda of government assault will not allow us to build back at all. Mm-hmm. And that's proven to be true. The only sectors that have really been saved from Biden's governmental assault are the ones where he's been lax in appointing bureaucrat chiefs to this agency or that. You and I discussed this at the Federal Communications Commission, the FCC, mm-hmm. where they're stuck at 2 2. And so they can't vote. There's four commissioners, not five. So they're stuck and can't advance their agenda because every time they bring up their agenda is a tie vote and they can't move it. Well, there's been an acting head of the U.S. Patent Office, Patent and Trademark Office, USPTO, and she hasn't been very, you know, she's acting like a placeholder. She's not been aggressively advancing the ball. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he has named somebody named Vidal, uh, a woman, uh, to be the head of the Patent Trade Office, but he didn't name her till late October. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, another thing working to our advantage is Congress has been so myopically fixated on the Build Back uh, Awful Bill right. that um, they haven't moved a lot of these nominees, even when Biden finally names them. They finally had a hearing for Ms. Vidal on the 1st of December, and they're probably the, the prognosis is they're not going to vote on her confirmation until February or March of next year. Good. So we got a year reprieve at the Patent and Trademark Office, um, which is helpful because what her predecessor did, Trump, Donald Trump administration's guy, was Andre Iancu, and he was fantastic. When he came in, he inherited a situation where, with bad legislation, uh, there was a really bad bill called the American Men's Act passed in 2013, I think. Mm-hmm. And it just completely destroyed, it began to tear down our patent system. Um, it created this thing called the PTAD, the Patent Trial and Advisory Board, which has the patent office that's supposed to issue patents, killing the patents it just issued. Right. And, and big tech especially has been using this PTAB trial uh, board to just destroy small little inventors. And what happens is they just flood them with challenges to these little guys' patents. They cost about $200,000 a piece to fight, and these guys don't have that kind of money. Right. And they, you know, they each file five or six. They coordinate. Apple, Google, Facebook all get together. They each slightly reword their filing and file it as a new challenge. And these guys are flooded, and what happens is they can't represent themselves at the PTAP board, so they just forfeit their patent. Yeah, it's so and, sad. And that's been, that, that's been going on since they created the PTAP in 2013. Uh, it's totally unconstitutional, by the way, because it's the executive branch 
acting like a judge, acting right. like a judiciary branch, right? judicial branch. Uh, in fact, the Supreme Court ruled that it was unconstitutional and then added a layer of unconstitutionality by saying, okay, you can continue to have PTAB trials, but then the director of the, of the Patent and Trademark Office has to review what they did. That's the executive branch still. <laughs> yeah. You're adding an extra level of executive branch judicial action. That's not solving the problem. So anyway, that's Iancu walks into all that and does as much as he can without Congress. And we, we had dropped out of the top ten in global uh, innovation index. There's a global – every year they analyze where it's best to create things. And we were always one or two. Right. And Obama and, and the idiotic Republican Congress with their law drove us out of the top ten. Wow. Well, Iancu restored us to number three. And that's what the Biden administration inherited. Now, given the fact that big tech owns Democrat, the Democrat Party um, and that this woman uh, is, is from the Silicon Valley, uh, my guess is – it's probably not going to go very well when she gets, if she gets confirmed, when she gets confirmed. But what I was trying to call attention to is they just had this hearing. They're going to vote on it. Uh, I'll probably try to remind them again before they have their confirmation vote in the new year. But it's, they, this is one of the few situations that's not – this is one of the few sectors of the economy – that's not being crushed yet, and I'm hoping it will remain so. Yeah, and it's an important area. I mean, it is so important that the founders decided to put the patent office— There are very few sectors of the economy <laughs> specifically named in the Constitution. That's right. This is one of them. That's <laughs> right. That's right. And uh, and uh, the fact that uh, we're, we're number one or two or three is important because it leads to innovation, it leads to inventions, leads to new products and services that we haven't even thought of at this point. And right. uh, and to see it uh, uh, deteriorate and see the the quality of patents and go down because uh, inventors are discouraged leads to less innovation and leads to le- to well, us. And they go to China. Yeah, China's bribing inventors to to do their inventing over there. Yeah, and you know when they're not stealing patents, they're 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 stealing the creators of patents with bribes and 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 other incentives to move over there and, you know, as we continue to make things worse for them, it's just like every other sector. It's just like the manufacturing sector. Well, the communist China... We kept attacking attacking manufacturers and they kept bribing them. Where are they going to go? Yeah, the the communist Chinese are are great innovators also. I mean, they're great copiers. Uh, They copied us too in that regard. (laughs) Well, no, they... they, they, they had, they, they, we handed them the business model right. in the 70s, 80s, and especially, if you recall, in 96, uh, uh, Bill Clinton for, got $800,000 for his re-election effort from Wen Ho Lee from China. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, oh, excuse me, from Johnny Chung. And then Wen Ho Lee was a Chinese scientist at Los Alamos lab, nuclear lab in Arizona, and he gave the Chinese nuclear secrets in exchange for Clinton's campaign cash. And then on the way out the door in 2000, uh, Clinton really pushed and got 
China into the World Trade Organization. Yeah, no which question. Is greatly enhanced their Absol- ability to screw us. Absolutely. Seed Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit the website lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seaton, I just wish you the best for the Christmas season, and thank you so much for joining us here uh, on the show. Wait a minute. Uh, a, little, a little technical stuff. Does that mean we're off Thursday? Uh, no, uh, we're on Thursday. Oh. <laughs> okay. I'm going to wish you that. Sorry, audience. That was a little behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah. Um, Okay, I'll talk to you Thursday. Thank you very much. Thank you, Seton. All right. Coming up, uh, we're going to visit with Linda Harden, uh, my wife and author of Greetings from Paradise. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity maximize your tax deduction support your favorite charity and help a local child in need by calling naples auto donation center naples auto donation center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer just call nadc at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there you get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by nadc goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on the board. Among other things, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us Linda Harden. She is the author of Greetings from Paradise, who many people subscribe to when she writes it. It uh, comes out periodically. She's also my wife and very well informed on what's happening here locally as well as around the globe. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, and you're welcome. And you know what? I am I think I'm more informed than the people on Fox News. <laughs> I, I, I really do. I I've been watching them this morning running around with their hair on fire about Coronavirus. Omicron and stuff. 
and oh, you got to get tested, and and you know what? They don't. The people on the news don't even bother to um, either don't don't do their own research or don't pay any attention to the facts. Yeah. Um, here, this thing has gone on for two years. Mm -hmm. The CDC has been lying about the deaths from from this COVID. They've even admitted it that six only six percent. Uh, not only from the, uh, from the COVIDs, but also from the vaccines. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's that's coming up. But but the vaccines are the byproduct of this this overreaction to the coronavirus. In in September, August September of two thousand twenty, they admitted the CDC admitted that only six percent of the deaths yeah. were actually attributed to to COVID or Yet, caused by COVID. Yeah, caused by COVID and and. They're pushing these PCR tests again and again. Oh, you got to get tested. You got to get tested. Well, guess what? The FDA is pulling the PCR test because guess what? Uh -huh. It has too many false positives. It's unreliable. And yet the media is just, oh, you got to get tested. Oh, you got to get tested. It, it is just such a debacle of the worst proportions. It's just the biggest hoax ever perpetuated on, on humanity. And, and, they don't care. Well, here's what here's what I don't understand. We've seen this Omicron virus, and apparently it's spreading uh, drastically and, and faster than any of the other uh, streams or uh, variations, variants of uh, coronavirus. But it's not as uh, lethal. Certainly, hospitalizations are not up, even though cases are up substantially. So everybody's overreacting. We're seeing this knee-jerk reaction in New York City, in Washington, D.C., and other metropolitan areas. Mask up, got to wear a mask indoors, all this stuff. Here, I'm just so grateful that here in Florida, we have this firewall of Governor DeSantis and the legislature who are protecting us from all this nonsense and this, uh, this governmental overreach in terms of our liberties and our uh, freedom. Well, it's, it's just... They just cave to the hysteria, mm -hmm. and it's and and it's it's unsubstantiated hysteria. I mean, the mask stuff. Let's revisit that again. They don't work, right? And 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 um, somebody wrote me uh, an email saying, "Oh, well, what about the doctors in the hospitals? You know, they wear masks. They wear masks in surgery, so nothing falls into the surgery line." Yeah, well, you know what? I've actually talked to a surgeon who I respect, who's. Uh, well, one of my best friends, and he said that you know there's absolutely no there's no proof that that uh, masks actually work in surgery. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Can you believe that? So, in other words, it's tradition. Doctors wear them. It's another precaution, and so forth. And maybe some sort of something might get into a wound. But the point is that he's saying that well, there has never been a double-blind experiment showing that uh, masks improve uh, cleanliness in surgery. And yet, yet some of these companies, because of this Omicron nonsense, is is they're um, going back to the mask. Now I have to go pick up my contact lenses at some point, and they're they've got a sign on the door: "Do not enter um, without a mask." Yeah. And I'd entered that last time, and they they never said anything to me. But the first time I went in without a mask, they said, "Oh, you've got to wear a mask to come in." And I said, "I can't breathe." Yeah. With the mask on. Yeah. And they said, "Well, you've got to wear a mask to come in." I said, "Sure, I'll wear a mask." Do you want to see me faint? Then what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, how about the guy that wore uh, uh, women's underwear, underwear over his face? <laughs> oh, yes. oh, by the way, did did you see the, did you see that um, pilots in the FAA are suing yeah. uh, the Biden administration now because of of the mandates for for airlines because these pilots are like losing consciousness 
in midair. Yeah, there's of the, the lack of oxygen going <clears throat> as they go up. Yeah, I mean it's a, there's a, it's real uh, hazard for pilots to be getting these vaccines if, in fact, it's going to create fainting and cause uh, health spells and problems uh, while they're flying the plane. So, I mean, <clears throat> I, and the, here's the other thing. Uh, there's a lot of proof that the uh, the harm of the vaccines is more substantial than what the, the positive effect is. In fact, I think I read that one in a hundred uh, of, the, of, uh, of uh, children who uh, get vaccinated one in a hundred end up with some sort of a heart condition, including including arrhythmia or myocarditis, myocarditis. And, and the chances of, of of getting the coronavirus are much higher in terms of proportion than the uh, uh, the uh, likelihood of getting uh, a heart disease. So why are we why are we injecting kids? Well, that's a great question, and and if you talk to some of the um, doctors that are. Um, this one doctor that I've had a fight with on Fox News, um, Mark Siegel, keeps saying, oh, well, it's important to get your kids vaccinated. Yet one year ago, he says there is no way yeah. that you should ever, ever vaccinate children because um, they have almost zero chance of getting COVID. And oh, by the way, let's just go back to square one here. When we were at two weeks to, the, to, to flatten the curve, mm -hmm. this virus, quote unquote virus, is 99 over 99 percent survivable better than the average than the regular flu right better than the regular flu and yet they are causing hysteria all over the world because of this and oh by the way the vaccines are guess what um compromising people's immune systems so they're more susceptible to get other illnesses. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, th there's uh, no emphasis on therapeutic drugs. Uh, the, uh, apparently, Fauci's pushing remdesivir, remdesivir, which is apparently creating more health problems than it's uh, solving as well. But meanwhile, hydroxychloroquine and uh, some of these other ivermectin. And ivermectin are not being included. And uh, it's simply because to promote the whole notion of everybody needing to get vaccine under emergency use authorization. So uh, you know what, the, Fauci and all his minions are doing everything they can to um, to bypass the fact that we were born with robust immune, immune systems. systems. That's right. Well, uh, quite frankly, I hate to be uh, sound like a uh, conspiracy theorist, but I'm concerned that. Doctors and hospitals are getting their information from the CDC. They're trusting the information they're receiving, oh, sure they and they're running with it. And I'm not faulting them, but they're applied scientists. They're not research scientists, and they're getting flawed and bad information from the CDC. And the consequence is that, in my opinion, uh, some visits to doctors or some visits to hospitals are not safe. I'm, I have lost. I have lost all confidence in the medical community quite frankly mm. because because they just they just um go by the uh, cdc's talking points which changes from day to day and they don't bother to do their own research into what's going on and and oh by the way what about the 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 monetary influence that these doctors and hospitals are getting oh, yeah. as a result of this well i mean we've heard about the patient who uh uh the daughter went to the uh, court to get a uh, a court ruling that her father, ailing father who was about to die, could get ivermectin. He recovered the consequence of getting the ivermectin. And uh, yet, do you think that's going to have an impact on how we treat patients with, uh, with uh, COVID-19 in the hospital? I don't think so. You know what? It just goes back to, to um, trusting the medical community. We, we just had dinner with a friend. 
just to go back to the pharmaceuticals and all that stuff, which, which are, those companies are making billions and billions of dollars at the, at the, at the risk of losing all these people's yeah. lives, and they don't care. Yeah. They don't care. It's collateral damage, as, as Robert F. Kennedy said in the, the interview that I heard the other day. They don't care. It's, it's collateral damage. And oh, by the way, if, if, if God thought we needed protection from these viruses that were out there, we would have been born with masks on. <laughs> yeah. So listen, I, I just want to uh, do a promotion of Robert uh, Kennedy Jr.'s book. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the real they can't Anth- keep it on the shelves. The Real Anthony Fauci. It's a bestseller. And the fact, in, in spite of the fact that nobody's promoting it, uh, none of the media, media outlets, it's a terrific read, well-documented, in fact, thoroughly documented. I just encourage our listeners who have concerns about what's happening in the medical community and what's happening with coronavirus, the real Anthony Fauci. It is eye-opening, and it is very disturbing. Jaw-dropping. Jaw-dropping uh, information, indeed. Linda, always a pre- Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. We don't have enough time. Yeah, we don't have enough time, but I'd love to have you come back on the show. I'll be back. Again soon. Thank Sorry you. I'm hoarse. No, that's yeah. okay. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you'll uh, join us again uh, tomorrow. We'll visit with Bob Levy, the chairman of the Cato Institute. We'll also uh, visit uh, with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz, and Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston and author of several books. His latest, written uh, with Buzz Aldrin, that's just on the bookshelves recently. So. I hope you'll uh, join us tomorrow as well. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.